Hi, I'm your host, Kelly Joe, and this is the Nourished Motherhood Podcast, a show dedicated to bringing together the voices of motherhood and helping women connect with others and themselves through the power of sharing honest, vulnerable stories. Because every woman deserves to have a place where her voice is heard. We believe that supporting mothers is one of the healthiest things we can do for our society. There's a balance of beauty and grit to be found in every woman's story. And we're so honored you're here to listen, connect, and grow with us. Let's dive in. Have you ever put on a brave face where you look good on the outside, but on the inside, your world is coming down, but no one knows it because you do such a good job hiding it out of fear that you might look weak or crazy? If so, you're not alone, and you're really going to resonate with Katie's story and journey into motherhood. Born and raised in Michigan, Katie has been able to combine her desire to have a creative outlet and her passion to help women feel beautiful, seen, and heard through her own business running a hair salon. Katie is a mom to two beautiful children, and while her daughter is in full toddler mode, busy discovering the world, Katie is soaking up all the baby snuggles she can get with her six-month-old son. Katie has a love for natural health and wellness, and her and her husband love farming and working with horses. They're currently remodeling an old farmhouse and attached salon so she can resume her love of connecting with women and styling hair. Come learn and hear how she's both embraced the beauty of motherhood and stepped out with courage to ask for help when her world was caving in. Are you excited as I am? Let's do this. I am so honored to share this brave and vulnerable conversation I had with Katie with you. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the Nourish Motherhood podcast. I'm so excited to have you here, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Hi, Kelly. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So for those of you listening, Katie and I are friends, but we've actually never gotten to meet in person. So I think it was, was it about a year ago now? Yep. Yeah, about a year ago. So your sister-in-law actually introduced us, thought we would connect well, and we became fast friends. Yeah. (laughs) But I would say like, it's about once a month, we connect over the phone and, you know, we both have a passion for business, for motherhood, for health and wellness. And so it's just, I've been so encouraged by our friendship and something I'm always telling other moms or new moms is like, find your tribe, like find those people and women who inspire you can support you. And that's what I feel like with us. It's like, we've never met like face to face, but we've been able to really be there and encourage one another. So I am really just excited to have this conversation with you today. Yeah, so am I. Well, for those listening, can you tell us where are you? What does life look like? We'd love to hear more about you. So I am currently living by Grand Rapids, Michigan with my husband and my two children. I'm actually not from this area. I'm from Southern Michigan down by Jackson. And my sister-in-law that introduced me to you, Kelly, also introduced me to my husband. She's really good at doing that. She's awesome. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yes. She's awesome. And my husband and I hit it off. And so we got married and I moved up closer to the Grand Rapids area and we started our family. We have two and a half year old daughter named Lydia. And now we have a almost six month old son named Wrigley. Oh my gosh. Is he already six months? That's hard to believe. It's going on six months. I can't believe it. He's a little roly poly of a little guy, but he is so fun. (laughs) He's so cute too. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Oh, that's so fun. So, okay. So a two and a half year old, a six month year old. Wow. You've got your hands full. Yes. I worked quite a bit before my daughter was born. 
And then I didn't work as much after she was born. And then with Wrigley, I decided I made a decision to to put off work. We actually moved, let's see, like a month or two before he was born. And we moved into a 1960s fixer upper. So we had like seven weeks to redo the house before he came and he, the kitchen sink actually got put in the week that he came home. So, so the salon is actually not built yet, but I think it's kind of worked its way for the best. And I've really been able to just enjoy the two kiddos and, you know, give them my full attention. And yeah, it's been great. They are so much fun. And I thank the good Lord for them every day that he blessed Bless me with them. So, oh, what's something about motherhood you really look forward to every day right now? So, I love getting them out of bed. They are so much fun, whether it's in the morning or after nap time. They're just rested and rejuvenated, and they just, they're happy to see me. They have this great big smile, and it just brightens my day. And then now, with my, with my two and a half year old, she's learning constantly. And so, I love seeing the wheels spinning in her in her little brain when she's figuring out something new or when she just put two and two together with something. And then my son, he's starting to really giggle at stuff. And so oh, baby if, giggles, those are the yes, best. Yeah. So if I do something and he starts giggling, I just go with it. And you know, he'll be going for a good five minutes or something. So oh, that's awesome. So magical. So you said salon. So you have a background as a hairstylist, right? Yes. Yes. So I've been doing hair for about 14 years going on. Yes. It's something, it's always been a passion of mine. You know, I love doing hair and the creative outlet that it brings, but the main reason why I went into doing hair was because I love helping other people feel mainly women feel great and beautiful about themselves. So yeah, I love it, was, that. it was one of those things I wanted to go into psychology, but I got my license so I could go through Harmony Music College. And immediately I had people sitting down in my chair telling me their problems. And I'm like, well, why do I need to go to college if they're sitting down in my chair? You know, or if I'm hearing, listening to their and helping them to feel better about themselves or, you know, whatever they have going on. So it was, it was a really good fit. So that's so beautiful. I feel like we've really underestimate, you know, people in the service industry, especially, you know, in the beauty industry, because they, you do, right? You get to hear people's life story and then you have such an opportunity to speak life and to love and just to be a source yeah. of listening. And I think it's just yep. so powerful. And, you know, there's so many voices in our world too, as women, right? Saying you got to look a certain way or this Y, Z or be, be ashamed of this aspect of who you are. And to be able to right. take someone's own natural beauty and just highlight that. I just think that's yes. a really cool, cool to hear your heart behind it. Yeah. How cool. So tell me, did you always want to be a mom? Was that always on your heart or what's kind of, what was your journey like into motherhood? Yeah. So I was thinking about this earlier and I know I always wanted to be a mom. You know, I always, I had the baby dolls and you know, the baby bunk beds and you know, the high chair and a little spoon with the food that would spring back, you know, when you're feeding your baby doll. So I know, I know that I wanted to, you know, to be a mom. And then I remember you know, when you're graduating high school, you always do like the five-year plan or the 10-year plan. And I remember it was going to be married and have kids by the time I was 25. Ooh. Yeah. So right after high school, I started looking for my husband. That's awesome. And he did not come. 
<laughs> no. So it was one of those things that I knew I wanted to be a mom, but the good Lord, I had a lot more work to do in order to prepare me to be a mom. So yeah, so it would be about eight years later. I think I was about 26 when I met my husband. And at that point, I had done a lot of traveling. I had moved across the country and then back. So I had done a lot and I moved back and I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to settle down now. You know, like this is, I think this could be for real now, you know, because before, like I thought I was ready, you know, but then, oh, yeah, really, really, I wasn't, you know, so I met my husband and let's see about a, just over a year later, we were married. And then a year after that, we were blessed with our daughter, Livia. Well, that was so fast. It was. Yes. We were very excited and thankful for that. Wow. Now, was she, were you guys trying, was she like a surprise? What was that journey like? So I had gone through some health issues when I was younger. When I was in my early 20s, I was, I found out that I had colitis. Wow. So I knew that there was something going on with my digestive system and that kind of thing. And then I had, since about 14, I had had really bad menstrual cramps and really bad stomach aches. And so it was kind of like a, it was one of those things where I should have gone to see like a nutritional therapist or a dietitian or mm -hmm. nutritionist, but I just never did. So I, I really struggled with that kind of thing. So before I got married, I actually went to see a naturopathic doctor. And she introduced me to the, the Swami, the genetic based nutrition. And essentially before that, I had actually gone to another naturopath. Who, she was kind of right in a couple aspects where she told me I had an allergy to dairy and to gluten. Mm -hmm. well, that was like essentially almost all of my diet, you know, cheese and cheese sticks and yogurt and bread, <laughs> which now I'm learning isn't the, the healthiest diet after all. <laughs> So anyway, I had lost a lot of weight. And when I had gone to see the second actor, I had lost my bone mass. Wow. A lot of my bone mass. Yeah. So with the Swami, the genetic based nutrition, they were able to run tests and I was actually able to eat some cheese and, you know, some dairy. So she said, before you get pregnant, you definitely want to get your bone mass up. So I think it was more of a stress with that, getting my bone mass up because I wanted to be a healthy mom. You know, yeah. I wanted to have a healthy pregnancy. So there was that little stress. And then I don't know if it's everyone else or if it's just me, but I, in the back of my mind, I, deep down, I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to get pregnant mm. for some mm -hmm. reason or another. I, I had worked in the salon with a stylist who was never able to get pregnant. And that was really sad watching her go through, you know, test after test or, you know, trial after trial and, and not. So anyway, it, in the back of my mind, you know, I was always worried. So we didn't get pregnant on the first try. <laughs> I do know people that have, you know, and so like once you, I don't know if you have this, but if you don't, then you're like, oh no, am I going to, you know, it's just, it's that fear in the back of your mind. But, and I don't know if we can say this on here, you can cut this out later if you need to, but I had a friend that told me that she told me, she talked to me about counting and I was, I was counting. She's like, don't count. She's like, that takes all the fun out of it. Just try every day and don't worry about it. <laughs> And so the minute that I stopped worrying about it and counting, and that was actually when we became pregnant. So 
Wow, that's really powerful. I think, I mean, that's a common story, right? People undergoing who are having fertility challenges. And as soon as they, you know, it's the week for their their treatment, they just conceive. Now for others, it's still a really long process, but I think we underestimate the role of stress and how much stress and anxiety play. So I think that's really fascinating just to hear that reflected in your own story. Yep. So, wow. So you guys found out you were pregnant. How was that pregnancy with Lydia? (laughs) In the beginning, obviously it's really exciting. You know, we were super excited, but then I had about six weeks and I had horrible morning sickness, Mm. like horrible. And you know, they, they tell you it's good because it's essentially your body telling you that you're pregnant and right. (laughs) You know, but for my husband and I, for us just being married for three months, you know, and still being, we hadn't even known each other for three years at that point, you know, so it was still relationship was so new. It put a bit stress on that because I was so sick that like, I, I physically could not function. It, wow. it was until like, I don't know, it'd be like 10 o'clock in the morning. So I essentially we had to work through it, you know, that it wasn't my choice that I was being sick or acting sick, but yeah, we, that's we made a, it through. <laughs> I mean, I think that's common, right? For like our partners to, they don't fully understand all the, even just the biological processes and how that right. can impact us. But what was yeah. helpful? Like what helped you and your husband to be able to navigate those waters and those tough conversations and assumptions? Yeah, no, I honestly, I think it was just being really transparent about the whole situation, you know, and not like one, not holding grudges against him for thinking that I was lazy or, but two, like being, you know, just sitting down with him and talking to him. And I'm very thankful that the good Lord's blessed me with a man that like he will sit down and talk about issues and problems with me because I just, yeah, we just had to talk about things and that really helped, you know, to get everything out on the table and like, how are you feeling? How am I feeling? You know, because it's, it's a new and exciting experience and you want it to you know, there's going to be things that come up and yeah, you don't know until you like, you don't know how the other person feels until you actually talk to them about it. So, yeah, I think that's such a good point you make of, I think we often, where we get in the pitfall is when we assume the other person like just knows what we're thinking or what's going on. And then that creates this all awkward tension or unrealistic expectations. But to be able to just, like you said, have that transparency, at least I've found in my my own marriage, that's been really helpful. Like, Hey, bub, I'm dealing with X, Y, Z right now. And I need this, like being able to say like, I need you to do X, Y, Z. And yeah. sometimes I don't know what I need, but like, I need this, but I, I, need something. I need something. I don't know what I need, but can you help? <laughs> and yeah, but just that keeping the dialogue open, I think yep. kind of is what you're, you're saying or referring to. Right. Yep. Wow. So did you stay sick your whole pregnancy or was that just isolated for that first trimester? Yep. Just in the beginning, I think it lasted about five weeks. So about a week 11. Okay. It was, it was overdone with. And then after that, like it was one of those things that I became pregnant and I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I remember working in the salon. This was before I, I moved cross country and thinking like, is this a Lord? Like, you know, cause like I had a full clientele and don't be wrong. Like I was blessed to have my job and my clients and everything, but 
it was just like the same thing day in, day out. You know, I was ready for something more. And I was like, is this, is this it, Lord? Is this it? I remember telling, actually, I think it was my sister-in-law that like, you know, I've, I've traveled and I've, I've moved and I've done however many different jobs and gone however many different places, but becoming pregnant, like I felt like I had fulfilled my, you know, after, you know, me and my husband and getting married and then we became pregnant together. And like, I had fulfilled my, like what God put me on this earth to do. Hmm. So I loved being pregnant. I loved every, every bit of it. Thankfully I didn't have, I don't remember having too many aches and pains, not till the, like, you know, the very end getting uncomfortable and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Besides that, that morning sickness, but no, I just, I, I loved being pregnant. My, I think my favorite part was, you know, feeling the baby kick inside me and knowing that I was growing another human being. So that's, yeah, I think it's a pretty fun experience being right now while we're having this conversation, I'm 33 weeks pregnant and yeah. I mean, baby's just like having a heyday right now while we're talking, <laughs> but it's so, it's really cool. It's yeah. It's this magical miracle, like just unfolding before our eyes, right? This whole yeah. the pregnancy process. How was your pregnancy with your son different from your daughter or were they similar? Yep. So actually with my son, it actually went even better. Wow. Um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sick too much. I found out that like, if I got dehydrated, that was just definitely good tip. Stay hydrated. Yeah. But with my son, it was, I loved it. And I was, I actually found a, a workout program. <laughs> I think I told you about this before, but it's the beach body bar blend prenatal yeah. and postnatal. And it was just so great because, you know, when you're, you want to, you know, I wanted to exercise while I was pregnant, but I was always worried about doing too much, you know, in the back of my mind, like, Oh, you know, what if I do too much? But like this, the workout that I found was prescribed for pregnant mamas. And it was so empowering to do because I'm like, this is okay for me, you know? And then she does affirmations about, you know, just being a strong and powerful mom. And, and it was just, was very motivating. And it gave me like an outlet for, any of my emotions that it really helped with that. Yeah. It did help with a lot of aches and pains, any back pain or sciatica that I had. That's awesome. Um, For our listeners, can you just repeat what that was? It's the Beachbody program. It's Beachbody on demand. You can get it. It's just an online and they're all recorded. And it's the bar blend pre and postnatal. Awesome. And Elise Joan is the workout instructor. Cool. Yeah, I know it's, I mean, it's so important to stay moving and to find something that you feel good with, right? And that you can stick with. And so I'm always like looking for a new good routine to get into or something to try even. Well, and the funny thing is, is I was actually stronger when I went to deliver than I was before I started the program. Wow. You know, like, yeah. And then I actually just started doing it again, even though I'm not pregnant. Because I liked the results that I got from it better than one of the other ones I tried. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, yeah. when you when you find something that works, you have to like, you got to stick with it. You stick with it. Right. Yeah. That's so cool. So tell me about your deliveries. Like, how did that go with Lydia? How'd that go with yep. Wrigley? So I was a little, I don't want to say if I was naive with Lydia or I had it in my mind that like, it was going to be easy hmm. <laughs> with, with my first one. So I went and I went in thinking that I could, I went in with a plan, you know, and I, we were going to stick to that plan and 
boy, did the good Lord have a different plan. (laughs) So it was actually the opposite. I would say, yeah, it was not a very good experience at all. I learned from it and that helped me have a much better experience with Wrigley with my second one. So with Lydia, we went in the middle of the night and we got to the hospital about, I think it was about three. And then my husband was in the room with me. And then my, my mother made it up by like 5am. And then, so the contractions were ready. I was dilated to about a five. Well, right away, the triage nurse called in a labor and delivery nurse to make sure that she had found my cervix. Hmm. And so the labor and delivery nurse, which who I love, loved at that time. She was so great. She was kind of like the hospital's version of like a midwife. So oh, cool. She was fantastic. She was so enthusiastic and energetic. And anyways, yeah, we're very thankful for her. So they had a hard time finding my cervix. So anytime that they went to check me, it was very, very painful. And she was also sunny side up. They wanted me to walk to get her to rotate. But then I did not know this until we actually kind of figured it out with my second child. But we found out that muscle spasms, Charlie horses run in the family. Oh, yeah. So I ne- we didn't put two and two together until it happened again with my son. But my dad has, for as long as I can remember, has always had muscle spasms. Yeah. Right. At certain times, you know, if he's doing some heavy lifting or that kind of thing. So because of the way that she was, she was so low, the way that my hips were shaped and the way that, you know, that my hips were spread, I actually had nonstop Charlie horses in both sides of my hips. You've got to be kidding me. Oh my gosh. Like, like they wouldn't go away. Like it was just there. Like they're just, so I couldn't walk because the muscles were not physically able. So then she wasn't moving. So then, oh goodness, that was, I mean, we were trying everything I would, and I wanted a natural birth. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I'm like, what's well, going on with the plan? We're going to do a natural birth and it's going to be great. I could go through the whole, let's see, it was in labor for, well, we went in at three until we finally had her at 6 PM that day. Okay. But it was kind of one of those things that I went through the whole, you know, the contractions and at like 11, I said a prayer and I said, if, if I haven't dilated anymore, if I've gone through all this pain, then that, let that be a sign for an epidural. Yeah. Because, you know, it was just draining the energy out of me. And I'm like, how am I going to push, have the energy to push when right now, and you know, you can't eat anything. And so, and I have hypoglycemia, low blood sugar, and I hadn't ate anything. So I was just, it's one of those things that I'm like, plans going to have to change because this is not working. My plan is not working out. So the epidural saved me. They gave it to me. I was able to at that point. So then I could have some like chicken broth. It was Mm -hmm. the best chicken broth I've ever had in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) And I took like a three hour nap. And when I woke up, I had dilated to an eight. They came in, they broke my water. I was at a nine and then I was at a 10 and I was able to push and I pushed for 30 minutes and she was out. Wow. I think that's really like powerful. Like I think a lot of people go in or women, this is my plan. This is what I want. And then like your story, right? Things just go a little sideways. And, but you were, I I think what's cool is you were still able to have, you know, a vaginal birth, right? I mean, I think any way baby comes when mom is safe, baby's safe. Like, yes, that was like job well done, mom. Was it a struggle like 
for you to process? I really wanted it this way, but it, it went sideways. Or were you just like happy to have a baby? No. So I was so thankful. I kind of wish I wouldn't have been so stubborn or strong-willed about, you know, not having an epidural. It was a good lesson to learn, but I think I'm not quite sure who knows if I'll ever know why, but I actually, so after Lydia was born, when she came out, it was, I lost a lot of blood. And I think that maybe things were probably, I don't know if swollen would be a good word or inflamed. Hmm. So for whatever reason, there was quite a bit of tearing and a lot of blood loss after to the point where I'm not quite sure why it wasn't taken into consideration for my healing. But like I lost almost half of the blood of my body. What? So yes. (laughs) So postpartum, like I can reflect back now, you know, because I can only imagine like what that would have done to my hormones and to like rebuilding, you know, my body that way, like what that would have done. So I'm so thankful that, that I recovered, you know, the way, the way I did, I think I could have recovered better had I been more prepared for like the actual circumstances. But yeah, I was like, I I was living life on high. Oh, everything's great. You know, I had a baby four weeks later, I'm trying to do hair. No, (laughs) that was not a good, good decision. And then so that like, and I, oh my gosh, you know, you never like, I love my husband, don't be wrong, but like, we both look at each other and we're like, we love her so much, you know, yeah. when she came, you just, yeah, you, you co-created that little being and, oh, it's just, it's a, the most amazing feeling in the world, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty fun act of creation. You talk about like artistry and the human, like a human being, how much more creative do you get from that? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. So, wow. What were those postpartum days like then for you? Was that yeah. like a roller coaster? I mean, first year of motherhood, I think it's one of the biggest transitions anyone could ever go through. What was that like for you? Yeah. So it was great for like the first month or two. And of course, you know, like, you know, there's the ups and downs, but then I started dealing with some, I started having some panic attacks and I didn't know what was happening at the point. You know, I've, I've learned a lot since then. But essentially, it was like, I, I need to be careful about how I talk about it because I don't want it to have any any power over me. It was one of those things that I think it had a lot to do with, you know, losing a lot of blood and then all the things that are going on with hormones after you have a baby. And I just learned this not too long ago, but like the amount of estrogen that your body creates while you're pregnant is the same amount that one woman will create in her entire lifetime, not having a child, like yeah, I mean, eight months. Yeah. It's crazy what your hormones do while you're pregnant and then coming off of that. Like, yeah. So I was in denial at first because I kind of thought I'm like, everyone's going to think I'm crazy or I'm not, this is crazy. Like I was in denial and like, I look back now and it's, it's almost scary to think about, but like, it's, you hear talk about people talk about like a, like a brain fog, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's, it's like, I couldn't think clearly enough to be like, okay, I need to, I need to talk to someone about this or there's nothing wrong with what's going on. This, this is normal. You know, there's, it was like that kind of thing. And I just don't think that I had heard enough people talk about it, you know, for for it to be like normal to me. I'm like, this isn't normal. And, you know, and like I said, I was in denial. So it went on for like my daughter's, oh goodness, I would say she was 
over a year until I started like reaching out to, to people wow. about how I was feeling and come to find out like it's normal and that happens. And what was great for me was that I didn't realize what was going on. And I had actually, so what I had been experiencing, I had experienced on and off since I was like nine, nine years old. Wow. So you had, you yeah. have a history with this then? Yes. Okay. I, yep. And I didn't, it was kind of on and off, like, and I had gone through it, but I never knew what it was, you know, like I learned to live with it or, you know, at some point it would just go away. And so like postpartum, it came back like full fledged. And I'm like, I, I can't live life like this anymore. God doesn't want me to live like this anymore. Like, I just, I need to talk to someone. And, and as soon as I did, they're like, no, like it's, and my one sister and I was like, I just thought you were the perfect mom. Cause I, I hit it so well, you know, wow. like I didn't want anyone to know what I was going, like, I didn't want anyone to think I was crazy or um, wow. like it happens sometimes and it's okay. And like, there's, there's help out there. Oh my gosh. Can you just say that again? Because I think there's so <laughs> many women like you who are living in isolation. They're living in fear and they're putting on a facade uh-huh. and that you doesn't make you a bad mom to struggle with anxiety or panic attacks no. or, so can you just no. say that one more time? Yeah. That's there's, really powerful. Uh, it, it's completely normal. And there's so many women that go through it and there's help out there and don't go through it alone. <laughs> oh, I'm just sorry. Like, wow. Like that you went so long, like, I'm so happy you reached out. Like that's so brave. And like, that takes a lot of courage too. Well, and I think it's made me stronger. Mm. And so like knowing what I learned and I mean, it, it goes back to like, you know, like our ancestors and, you know, the people that were like super anxious were the ones that like kept guard at the gate of their village at night to make sure that there were no intruders or, you know, there's the people that, you know, put food away for the winter to make sure that their family had enough food for the winter, you know, like they worried about that stuff, but, and and they worried for survival. And so it's just, it it was so interesting to learn about it. And like I said, it's, it's made me more knowledgeable. It's, it's made me stronger having gone through what I went through. You know, I kind of feel like there's, it's like, you know, what, okay, what else can we conquer type deal? And then two, I think the biggest thing, like, I remember going through it and being like, why? why am I going through this right now? And I was involved in a Bible study at the time. And they said, someone brought up the mention that like, sometimes God puts us through things that maybe someday we can help someone through that same problem. Mm. I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but I'm going to get through this and I'm going to help someone else through it too. (laughs) Yes. No, I mean, that's so powerful. What have been tools or like people or resources that have helped you along your journey? Yeah. So I will have to get the name of the book, but there was a book that taught me about, it goes through like the history of anxiety and like what chemicals and hormones are going on. And then honestly, just reaching out to like family members or mentors, you know, Mm -hmm. and then my doctor, essentially just talking about it with people. And, and, you know, you're going to find that there's been other people that have gone through this, or they know someone that's gone through it, or they know someone that can help. Yeah. It's just, and even talking about it to my husband and just knowing that he knows what I'm going through was huge, you know, mm-hmm. like, and it, and it did take me a little while to talk to him about it. Cause like I said, I was in denial, but 
and not only did it, you know, once I got through it, I was able to, you know, cause then there was all of this anxiety about going through my second pregnancy and how that was going to go. And I didn't, none of this really came to surface until I went through that pregnancy and that delivery. And it went so well that I didn't realize how bad the first one was Wow! until <laughs> I had the second one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I said, it's just, there, there's so many resources out there, you know, from books to even if you just do a simple Google search, I've done that so much with like postpartum and hormones and, you know, that kind of thing. And there's so much just at the tip of your fingers. You just have to, yeah, you just have to look for it. Yeah. And we'll, I'll make sure to link up down below of this episode, some resources too, because I mean, it's not uncommon for women to experience this, especially if there's a history of anxiety or depression, whether it's you or in your family, and there's no need to suffer alone and isolated. So we'll link up some resources below in the show notes as well. Oh, wow. So, okay. So this postpartum journey, you're six months postpartum. You have more support this time around, it sounds like, and more tools in your belt. And has it been pretty good, pretty enjoyable? Or has there been moments where the anxieties flared up again? Or what's kind of this round been like? It's funny how like it's been better with two than it was one because you'd think that it would be the opposite. But I think it's just because I I essentially have been through it before. And I, you know, like I said before, I don't want to live. I didn't want to live like how I was living anymore. And it's kind of felt like it's all been uphill, you know, Mm -hmm. don't be wrong. There's been like some staggering, you know, some stumbles, but it's been great. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, I've been trying to eat really, really healthy, you know, so trying to get away from like the processed foods. So like mainly whole foods, fruits and vegetables, and then the exercise for me, I do not like high impact or hurts my joints. I do not care to sweat that much. (laughs) It's just not like I, I was, I grew up in dance. I grew up in ballet. I love, love that type of, or yoga, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And that, that's why I like the bar blend. Cause it's got some, you know, ballet moves that were kind of yes. muscle memory there. You know, there's so much just that, that, that 30 minutes, you know, does for me. And if there's one thing that I can do for myself per day out of a 24 hour period, if I can take 30 minutes, sit down, stand up, do my workout, you know, it's, it's the endorphins, it's a stress reliever. And when I'm finding that I'm learning to channel, it kind of sounds funny, but to like, essentially that anxiety that I have, I'm thinking of it, of it as like energy, like mm-hmm. I've got to move and get going and do something. I've got to use it. And then like, if I can wear myself out working out, like I feel so much better. It's amazing. So and cool. um, yeah, yeah. So, so I would say, you know, the, the eating and the exercising, those two things are huge. And if I can do those two things, then it just makes, you know, everyone's happy, you know, like just that little bit of time that I spend on myself. If if I can better myself, it's everyone is better off. <laughs> my kids I, are happier. My husband's happier. <laughs> I know, right? Like it really is true. If mom's not happy, I mean, everyone suffers in the house. I mean, when I'm short or I'm impatient, oh my gosh, my yeah. husband's paying, my daughter pays for it, you know? And then I'm like, yeah, ah, dang it. But I think what you said was powerful of your self-care, you know, it's eating nutritious food and it's trying to get more real food, right? Into yeah. your diet, less processed food. And then taking that time to exercise. I think sometimes self-care, we think a bubble bath or maybe getting our hair done. At least 
there's nothing better for me than getting my hair cut and having someone else wash my hair. Like that (laughs) is pure luxury. Yeah. But like self-care also looks like eating really quality food, like feeding your body with real food. And that, that makes such a difference with your mental and emotional well-being as well. And so I just think that's really powerful and inspirational for me because I don't always, I would say I eat really well, but working out is like probably where I fall short. And so, but when I am consistent and I've noticed like in this pregnancy, just having that mind body connection is really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Well, as we're kind of like wrapping up our conversation, what's something maybe I didn't know enough to ask you that you want to share with us? It could be anything. You know, I wrote down a couple notes and I guess a couple of the things that, and I don't know if I've shared this with you before or not. So there was a couple of things that one of my sister-in-laws told me that was huge. And I periodically remember that or try to remember it, you know, if I'm going through something. And then the other thing my, my doctor mentioned. And the, the first thing is that God chose me and no one else to be my, my kid's mom. Mm. Like I am the best mom for my kids. Just like you are the best mom for your kids. No one else. And that's just been such a reminder, you know, a good, powerful reminder. Because like th- there is some doubt going through you know, being a mom with younger kids, like, am I raising them the way I'm supposed to be? You know, like there's just doubts. Like, am I doing everything I can for my kids? And it was just like, no, God chose me. I'm the best mom that they, that they could ever have. And that's just, that's just been a great reminder, you know, for when those little doubts pop up. And then, and my my doctor, I love this. There's going to be so many suggestions. You know, people have given me so many different suggestions on ways to do things Mm -hmm. or how to do things. But the best way is the way that works for us. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. The best way is the way that works for me and for my kids. Ooh, I really like that. That's really empowering because I feel like there's, yeah, there is so much advice. There's so much information on the internet, right? Like it's so easy to feel overwhelmed or like I should be doing it this way or I should be doing it that way. But sometimes it just doesn't roll. You know, like there's certain right. things that like I've had family members say, well, you really need to be doing it this way. And I'm just like, you know what? Like it actually, it doesn't work for us. Like it might work for your family or how you've raised kids, but like yeah. not how my kids wired. It's not how I'm wired. And so I think that's really powerful. Yeah. The best way to do things is the way you that do works them. For you. That works yep. for you. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's what your doctor told you as well, too. Cause I think yeah, oftentimes especially as women, I think we can feel sometimes disempowered in our medical system or like belittled even. And so I've had those moments where I've had a provider talking to me about my child, just as if I didn't know anything. I'm like, I care so much about this kid. And like, I I really respect you and your opinion. And, but like, yeah. So I just think that's really powerful to have your doctor say, Hey, I'm going to give you this advice and this feedback, but at the end of the day, what's working for you and your family, like keep doing that. Yep. Yeah, no, our doctor is great. And another story for another day, but I did not, was not able to have him for my first pregnancy. And I think I, who knows how it would have gone, you know, if I, because I wouldn't have known then what I know now because I went through that, but having him 
the second time that that also really helped, you know, finding someone that you connect with, you know, to deliver your baby that yeah. that really meant a lot. And it, it really helped the second time to make for it to go as well as it went. So wow, that's really cool. Well, this has been so powerful. And I just really think like, I just thank you for your honesty. Thank you for being bold, being vulnerable. It's not easy to say like, Hey, like I struggle in this area or I've dealt with this. And I just think that's really bold and just really, it shows how much you've grown through it as well. And that it has strengthened you. And I just know there's other women who've listened to this and who can identify with where you were with their own lives. And so thanks for just giving permission to like, be honest. Because I think what you said about being in denial, you were in denial for so long. And your story, I think it does, it gives us permission to just take an honest evaluation at ourselves and what's going on and where we need help. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the more help we can get, the more support we can get, the the healthier we are, the better it's going to be for our kids, for our our partner, our families. So thank you so much for just sharing your story. I know like if someone wants to connect in with you, what's the best place for them to do that? You can add my email if you'd like at the, yep, for the bottom of this. That'd be great. Like I said, I'm a hairstylist. I love talking to people and hearing their stories and I honestly think that I was meant to go through what I've gone through so I can help help other people. So thank you for allowing me to share my story. I think that this was huge in my healing process as well. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. It's I like this is a privilege for me. Like to be able to hold space just to hear your story and for like you said to process. I just it's a real gift to me as well. So it's it's mutual. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Katie. And um, this concludes this episode of the Nourish Motherhood. Thank you. Bye. I hope you love this episode of the Nourished Motherhood podcast. If you want to stay in touch and up to date with all the happenings over at the Nourished Motherhood Collective, make sure you're a part of our email community. Head on over to our website at nourishedmotherhood.com or click the link in our show notes to get on the list. 